episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Today is November 27th, 2022. We're on season four, episode number two. This is the songs episode, strictly songs. We're doing an album review today. The album review we're going to do is In Your Honor, the fifth studio album by American rock band Foo Fighters. Here we go. I'll bring it up there. There is the Foo Fighters in your honor. Let's get into it. It's the fifth studio album released in June 2005. It's a double album with the first disc containing heavy rock songs, the second containing mellower acoustic songs. Frontman Dave Grohl decided to do a diverse blend of songs as he felt after 10 years of existence. The Foo Fighters had to break new ground with their music. The album was recorded at a newly built studio in Northridge, Los Angeles, and features guests such as John Paul Jones, Nora Jones, Josh Homme. The lyrics deals with resonating and introspective themes with a major influence from girls' involvement on the campaign trail with John Kerry during the, 20, the 2004 presidential election. And also the first album to feature keyboardist Rami Jaffe. Now, I was and still am uh, a big Foo Fighters fan, but once Dave Grohl got into politics, uh, I'm not as big of a fan. We'll leave it. We'll just leave it there. But he was really, really getting into po politics, and I liked his music beforehand. Um, but you can see some of that easing out on his uh, on his recent on their recent albums. This album was nominated for five Grammy Awards. It didn't win any. It was nominated for five. Moving on. After touring in support of One by One, the previous album, Dave Grohl was uncertain as to what to do next with the Foo Fighters. He felt that rushing to do another record would, would not be creatively rewarding. Grohl considered a possible film score and began writing some acoustic songs, eventually amassing a full album's worth of songs. But Grohl didn't want to make a solo album, and he knew the Foo Fighters may not like this, but he presented it to them saying, should we do an acoustic album you know, as the Foo Fighters? Well, bassist, bassist Nate Mendel said, well, who's to say what, what we should sound like? He said that the songs uh, are the uncharacteristic sound of these songs um, should go on the record. Grohl later decided against an acoustic record saying, I have to have loud, loud music, rock music in my life somewhere. And it was at that point they decided to do this double album. One CD is all really heavy rock shit, he says, and another that's, quote, really beautiful acoustic based lower dynamic stuff. The album was recorded in a new recording studio built in a warehouse in Northridge, California, named Studio 606 West. In contrast to their normal recording studio, Studio 606. Studio 606, Dave Grohl built in his basement in his home in Alexandria, Virginia. That's where he's from. A uh, lot, lot of references there uh, on earlier work from the band that he was with uh, called Scream back in Virginia, outside of D.C. His studio was called 606. They moved out west, built a new one in a, in a warehouse and called it 606 West. 
the sessions to record this went from January through March 2005. They only spent two and a half weeks on the acoustic record, but they recorded 40 tracks. 40. 4-0. <laughs> 15 of those were acoustic. 25 of those songs were rock. So they had 40 songs to go with. Only half of them ended up on the final list, on the final track list. This album, this double album is 20 songs. 10 on the first side, 10 on the second for a total of 20. But they had 40 ready to go. Taylor Hawkins, the late Taylor Hawkins, longtime drummer for the Foo, did a song called Cold Day in the Sun. Um, that was his first song on lead vocals. This was 2005, so he got into the vocal side and later started a band called Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Riders. And they released, I think, three albums. But he did Cold Day in the Sun, which after an attempt to do an electric version became an unplugged track, and they put that on the acoustic side. Hawkins plays tambourine and sings vocals and Dave Grohl's on the drums for that song. So listen to that one. Uh, that's a favorite of mine. I think you'll like it uh, yourself. Guests on this album include Nora Jones, John Paul Jones of Led Zeppelin, and Queens of the Stone Age, Josh Homme. Now, John Paul Jones agreed to appear on this album as he was in L.A. at the time for the Grammy Awards. Grohl described his appearance as the second greatest thing, second greatest thing that has happened in his life behind his marriage. So Grohl gets Led Zeppelin bassist John Paul Jones to appear on his album. That's awesome. He also brought in Nora Jones. She did a song called Virginia Moon. Now that song features, it's more of a jazz song on the acoustical side. It's done in jazz. He couldn't, no one in the band knew how to play jazz guitar, really. So it's Dave Grohl's guitar tech, Joe Beebe, actually plays lead guitar on that song as he's the only one with jazz experience. So he appears on one song. Next page, the tour. The tour began in the summer of 2005, but in late 2005, they toured with Weezer. Weezer. I attended uh, that, that tour. That's where I got the shirt here from, the Foo Fighters. Uh, in late 2005, they toured with Weezer. I'm not a big fan of Weezer, but Weezer opened up with them. Uh, Foo Fighters played the, the, the main show as the headlining act, but they called it the Foozer, the Foozer Tour. Foo and Weezer, the Foozer Tour. Great show. They played at the Excel Energy Center. Um, uh, Foo always puts on a great, always puts on a great show. The album entered the Billboard 200 and the UK album charts as number two. Not not one, but it it topped the charts at number two behind Coldplay. Coldplay's album X and Y came out that year and, in fact, was the best-selling album in all of 2005. So Foo never got a chance to overleap or leapfrog them. They never got as uh, higher than number two because they had to compete with Coldplay that year. Here's the tracks. 
Now, keep in mind that the the in your honor, the uh, it's called in your honor. It's kind of a what I would call a Dave Grohl and Kurt Cobain were good friends. They were roommates in 1990 when they were uh, started in Nirvana together, and they became close. Uh, the death of Kurt Cobain had a big impact uh, on Dave Grohl, and he was went through a phase of depression. Uh, you remember first working with Kurt Cobain and how in awe he was of the talent that Kurt had, the musical talent. Um, Kurt Cobain always considered himself a poet as his career. He was a poet. He did songs, but he was an artist that was a poet. And so this, this album is called In Your Honor. It's a nod to Kurt Cobain is really what it is. Here's song one on the electric side. Song one is called In Your Honor. That has some, it kind of touches on how he's honoring uh, Kurt Cobain here, song one. Song two, and this is the electric track now. These All these tracks are electric, electric, heavy, hard, hard songs meant to be played with the volume up. Song two, No Way Back. Song three, Best of You. That's the first album or first track they released, Best of You. Song four is DOA. That's the second single that was released. Song five is Hell. Song six is The Last Song. Uh, this deals with, once again, Kurt Cobain. The lyrics are, this is the last song I dedicate to you. Um, once again, paying homage to Kurt Cobain. Song seven, Free Me. Song eight is Resolve. Resolve has some Cobain... Um, features as well as far as getting his head around the, the death now the death was two, in 1994 this album is 2005 still dealing with the loss of his friend the song resolve is about cobain song nine is the deepest blues are black song 10 is end over end end over end to me has a feeling of uh going round and round um ending one stage of your life beginning being reborn it has an in reincarnation feel to it as far as Dave Grohl singing about this. Uh, let's finish this chapter of our life. Let's move on to the next. Let's finish this. Let's move on to something new. Um, so that's the tracks on disc one, all electric, hard rock. Song two, disc two is all acoustic, all acoustic, 10 songs. First song is called Still, Still. Uh, this this lyrics here uh, center around Dave Grohl who witnessed a suicide uh, when he was 10 years old living in Virginia. Uh, a man jumped onto the tracks of an oncoming train, uh, and that really hit home with him, uh, dealing with the scar of, of witnessing that as a young child. That's what that song is. Song two is What If I Do. Song three is Miracle. Miracle is one of the songs that John Paul Jones plays on. The next song is Another Round, also John Paul Jones, former Led Zeppelin. Friend of a Friend. Song five is Friend of a Friend. This is written directly about Kurt Cobain. Uh, this was written when they were roommates in an apartment in 1990. Never got released. Very impactful song also. Not about the death, not about the resulting death of Cobain, but knowing him as a friend. Song six is Over and Out. Song seven is On the Mend. Song eight is Virginia Moon. That's the song with Nora Jones on vocals. Song nine is Cold Day in the Sun. That's the Taylor Hawkins very good song. Dave Grohl plays the drums on that song. Uh, 
I remember Dave Grohl was a drummer uh, with Nirvana and before that, and didn't become a singer guitarist until the Foo Fighters. Song 10 is Razor. Razor. So what we've got is a total length of the album, both 83 minutes, 17 seconds. Here's the band, the personnel of Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl, of course, lead vocals, guitar, Nate Mendel, bass, Taylor Hawkins, drums, Chris Shiflett, lead guitar. And once again, we've got Joe Beebe appearing on that song, Virginia Moon, playing the jazz guitar. He appears there. Rami Jaffe, former Wild uh, Wallflowers uh, with Jacob Dylan, played with the Wallflowers for 15 years. Uh, Rami Jaffe appears here doing six songs on this album. Nora Jones, his vocals on Virginia Moon, and also plays the piano. Plays the, plays the piano. And so this whole In Your Honor is, is a nod uh, to Kurt Cobain. He knows, I think, it's very obvious, Dave Grohl knows what happened in the Cobain death. It certainly was not a, a suicide. I think, uh, this is just opinion, but I do think that uh, Grohl made a deal somewhere along the line, and I don't know if someone threatened him or not as far as coming back to never to never speak about it. Whenever you hear Dave Grohl talk about the death, he always goes along when he's talking verbally that it was a suicide. And there's nothing more to look at. There's nothing more interesting. So it makes me believe that there was a, a threat or a, a double cross or something involved there with the death. Now, ever since the murder, I'll call it, is Foo Fighters, whenever they release an album, there's always at least at least one song that deals with the death of Cobain. Uh, touching on Courtney Love, um, he's letting people know that he knows the story, but he's not talking about it. The deal he had must have been something about talking or speaking, because he's certainly writing songs about the Kurt Cobain murder and how it impacted his life. And he's trying, each of these albums has one song at least that are exposing the deals, the things going on behind the scenes uh, that he's letting, he's letting folks know he knows what's, what's going on. And I've always loved the Food Fighters uh, albums because of that. I like their music. But the lyrics are the main thing when you're listening to Foo Fighters' song. Um, most of them are, are fun, happy-go-lucky songs. But if you can find the, the song on each recording, each CD that has something to do with Murder or Cobain or Courtney Love or something involved with it, um, those seem to be the best because of he's, he's, he's divulging information on each album about um, the, the death. Now, we've never done a show on this, and I'd like folks opinions on this as well because uh, we could do a bonus show on this but the Kurt Cobain murder is was well documented lots of information on that it certainly was not a suicide it's not a conspiracy theory either but if you get a chance to read the books on uh, the murder at Lake Washington Tom Grant uh, a former uh, private investigator uh, and police officer wrote a three-part book Three parts to talk about Kurt Cobain's murder. Part one, part two, part part three. Lays it out exactly um, what happened, what was involved, who was behind it, and how it had to be covered up. Uh, 
and this goes up to high levels of the of the of the recording industry, recording um, executives that wanted to make sure that this never got touched again. Because a lot of people made a lot of money on the death of Kurt Cobain. Now he does this album in your honor, and the song, the last song that clearly says this is the last song I'm going to dedicate to you. He's basically saying I'm going to shut down this chapter in my life and move forward. Now the interesting thing is. On subsequent albums, he does touch the subject, but he doesn't direct anything towards Kurt Cobain or about Kurt Cobain. He goes at, after other people. Remember, In Your Honor closes the book, closes the chapter on him talking about his dear friend, Kurt Cobain. If you get the album Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grace, there's a song called Let It Die, directly directed to Courtney Love. Very interesting lyrics. The next album, Wasting Light, there's two songs uh, that deal with the murder of, of Kurt Cobain. One is I Should Have Known. Another song, lyrics heavily directed toward Courtney Love. Uh, just read the lyrics to I Should Have Known. Um, how he know right away from the very beginning that she was a bad match for him. They were not meant to be paired up together uh, with her background and his background and how it ended. I should have known. He said, it was no surprise how this is all going to end up by him getting involved with someone like you. And then there was a song on Wasting Light called Dear Rosemary. Now, Dear Rosemary is uh, directed toward attorney Rosemary Carroll, whose husband is Danny Goldberg in the recording business. Now, she was the attorney for Courtney Love, and then she was the one that later on found a practice sheet in Courtney Love's backpack that showed her writing page after page after page of learning to write with cursive um, that mimics how Kurt Cobain wrote. It was her practice sheets. Now, she never turned that sheet over to authorities um, in the investigation. So he's calling her out on this, on this song called Dear Rosemary, writing it directly to Rosemary Carroll, saying, you know something that could be impactful uh, of, of how she wrote and how her how she practiced to write just like Kurt Cobain on the practice sheets. And because it was Courtney Love that wrote that final paragraph on the suicide note. The alleged suicide note was written by Kurt Cobain, the first three or four paragraphs, written by him in his handwriting, saying that he was quitting the band and moving forward with his, uh, with his child, Francis Bean. And he need, no longer wanted to be involved with Nirvana. He never published that. He never sent that off. She found that letter that he wanted to quit the band and added a paragraph at the end saying, I'm sorry about all this. Uh, I'm going to kill myself and end my life because I'm so depressed. That last paragraph, the writing is very different. Uh, and the investigations from Tom Grant, the private investigator, have shown how that very last paragraph turned it in from a I'm quitting the band letter to now a suicide note. And that's where they got the suicide note from. But it was written obviously by uh, Courtney Love. But the attorney knew about it, knew about it, and could have simply turned it in, and to this day could have turned it in to authorities to reopen the case. Um, and so he writes that to Rosemary, really going after her. It's one of the reasons I do like the Foo Fighters, uh, Dave Grohl's songs, because uh, he does do all of this. Now, I don't know personally, and maybe you can get some comments on the bottom of this in the comments section. Um, I don't believe the other members of the Foo Fighters band know this, and they don't know who he's writing about. 
on album reviews for the Foo Fighters, a lot of these things, like even in, in your honor here, he spent all this time on the road with John Kerry, the Democratic presidential nominee, and, and said, I, I just want to give something back to John Kerry uh, in, in a term of in your honor. I want to honor him somehow. And we know that's that's the response he'll give to what these songs are about or the title of these albums. But he'll never tell the truth in an interview. He'll always say it's about something else. And so in your honor, uh, certainly is not about John Kerry because it talks about missing you and how life has changed since you are now gone and no longer here. And so uh, John Kerry obviously is not dead. So you can tell his interviews are uh, very different than what the songs are about. The music videos for the Foo Fighters are also have nothing to do with what the lyrics are really about on these um, controversial songs. Uh, they're always about something different. He never ties to the two together. They're always fun, uplifting, but the lyrics are very uh, deep and personal. That's the album review for In Your Honor. I do recommend picking it up. Uh, you'll like the first CD if you're into hard rock. You'll love the acoustical side if you're into that, the whole side together. Some of the reviews that came out with this was some of the reviews saying you could have eliminated some of the weaker songs on both CDs and put it together as one rather than having a, a very average double CD. You could have put together a very powerful single CD that could have sold. But remember, they started with 40 songs and drilled down to 20. They couldn't throw away any of these. All of these songs have meanings. Um, and that's how they trimmed it down to that. Please leave your comments down below. And your thoughts on some of these other topics um, as well. Thanks for listening.